Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo. And probably for the last time, I might mention it one more time, but we are at the cutoff for the retreat. And even though we have just a couple more spots left, I do want to begin to create some urgency for those of you who are waiting to the last minute. Because I want to make sure you guys have enough time to book your flights, plan your arrival. Basically, once you arrive, we will take care of everything else, okay? We will get you from the airport, we will take care of you during the entire retreat, and then we will take you back to the airport. So all you really need to worry about or think about or prepare for is your flight. That's it. So I want you guys to have enough time to make sure that you have at least that. And by the time this podcast is released, we're going to be close to, if not past that September 11th deadline, which I kind of wanted to make as like a, a general or a loose deadline because the retreat begins October 8th. And that gives you guys about four weeks to prepare. So it's a loose cutoff. We'll accept people up to 12. Okay. And there still are a couple more spots left. So I am not stopping you from choosing to show up, to register. I just want you guys to know that we're getting close to the deadline. We're getting close to time where I need to know how many men will be coming. The retreat is beautiful transformation. It's a flow. And again, you guys you guys know me. You guys know that I use the matrix a lot as an analogy, as a way to tell a story, as a way to explain a mythology, and to kind of use the matrix the beginning of the retreat, when you guys show up, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be spending time identifying. We're going to be spending time looking at and finding what is the construct, what is the pattern, what is the matrix that you are repeating, what is the energy that you are serving the machines with, so to speak, right? What is the pattern? What is the thought? What is the vibration? What is the energy? Then we're going to have a, a plant medicine. We're going to do a ceremony. We're going to have a medicine dosage in the middle of the retreat. And then at the end, we're going to work on the reprogramming. Because the medicine is really like taking the red pill, right, brothers? The medicine is like that jarring enough of receiving the experience of waking up. And that's recognizing or seeing the message that gets you out of the matrix that reminds you of who you are so that after that, we begin the integration process that will lead you on your transformational journey following the retreat, which, of course, there will be a lot of follow-up after the retreat, of course. So the retreat, although it's seven days, it lasts after beyond the seven days as you go home and begin to integrate that experience. There will be more that me and, and uh, the brothers that I'm working with will continue to work with you post-retreat. But I just want to quickly mention that again, brothers. It's in Colombia, Santa Marta, Colombia, October 8th to October 15th. And we are very close. We are about one month away, about four weeks away. So if you are interested, go to awakentheoneretreats.com. Again, there's an S there. That's a plural. Awaken the one retreats.com. Fill out that form, that application form, and myself or one of my brothers will get back to you so that we'll be able to get you going, get you involved. If you want to come out and experience this time with us, um, then do that. Awaken the one retreats.com. Now, let's get into the podcast. Let's get into the episode here because this is actually 
coming off of last week. If you guys listened to last week, I mentioned that I would do a podcast on this concept, and I want to do that now as a follow-up while it's still fresh in your mind from last week. And that podcast, or at least that concept, that podcast from last week, the concept that I mentioned, I'm going to go into a deeper analogy on it. I'm going to go into my own analogy on it, but I've taken it as a thought experiment or I've received it sort of as a trigger from Alan Watts, who I mentioned to you guys last week in the podcast last week, who mentioned this analogy of casting a net. And then I've taken this analogy. I'm going to go a bit deeper with it. But first of all, brothers, let's talk about quantum physics because that's really where this all comes from, right? This all comes from the mathematics of quantum physics. And and here's the thing about quantum physics. Quantum physics tends to be a bit of a, a buzz uh, phrase, at least in the spiritual communities that I tend to listen to, that I'm close enough to hear. Again, being in Tulum and other places, Ecuador, Peru, Argentina, a lot of Latin America. You guys know I was down in Panama, Mexico, lots of different places in Mexico, but always kind of attracting a more energetic, a more mystical, a more spiritual community. And these communities I hear, at least in my, what I comes through my ear often is this term quantum physics and quantum mechanics. That's something that I've studied quite a bit and that I really, really love. Like I really, really love the mathematics of quantum mechanics because of the potential, because of the possibility. However, when I I talk to people in the spiritual community about quantum physics, they really don't know about the mathematics of it. They just know about the theory of it. They just understand sort of the esoterica or the conjecture around a lot of what is being said about quantum physics. So understand, brothers, that what I love about this paradigm, this way of viewing the world, this perception, is the math, is the actual math, like the double slit experiment, like the mathematics around that. Certainly there's the experiment itself that we can see. And when I get my YouTube channel up, I will show that to you so you can have a visual of it. But when you look at the math, when you look at the actual mathematics, you can see it's even more wacky. It's even more wacky than actually understanding the experiment itself. So the math is really the power behind it. And even though the math is really the power behind it, that's really what I'm looking at and what I'm getting into and what I'm understanding and what I've really always loved because I'm because I'm really a math nerd. I mean, I don't know why that is. I just loved math as a kid. I loved understanding calculus especially because, again, calculus is the mathematics of of the universe. From calculus, we really make that jump into physics, right? Like that's the kind of the move. And the beauty about calculus is that calculus gives us the bridge between Newtonian physics and quantum physics because calculus allows us to work the math at both the macro level and the micro level or the subatomic realm and the atomic realm or the large particle realm. But when it comes to quantum physics itself, you know, you could really kind of take different directions on it. Number one, you could look at quantum physics and say, it does nothing for me. It doesn't affect my world at all, right? Like this whole alpha male stuff, coach, this whole alpha male stuff that you're talking about, this whole spiritual journey, this whole idea of consciousness, it does nothing for me at all because the reality, in my reality, in my world, I'm still waking up in the morning, I'm still going to work, I'm still taking out my trash, I'm still starting the car, you know, I've still got these things, I've still got these bills to pay, I've still got my human life to go through and live on. And in that human life, quantum physics as something that, you know, I'm focused on and living through doesn't really affect me at all, right? I'm not thinking about quantum physics as I'm paying my bills or paying taxes. I'm not thinking about quantum physics on my commute to work. I'm looking at the traffic and I'm, I'm you know, my morning routine, I'm getting up, brushing my teeth, making breakfast and so on. So it does nothing for me. At another level, we can say quantum physics cannot be avoided. 
in our lives because it permeates everything in our current world, in our current techno space. Quantum physics is really the driver for it all. Uh, quantum physics is the is the reason we have digital technology. If it weren't for the work we've done around understanding a deeper level of quantum mechanics, then it wouldn't be for a lot of these products that we have in terms of wave function, right? In terms of light and waves and sounds, like scanning the barcode on the grocery labels that we use at the checkout counter, for example. That's all done through the understanding of wave and light and quantum mechanics. And it's permeating every part of our day, even though we may not be 100% aware of it. So on one end, it does nothing for us. And on the other end, it's doing everything for us. But really, brothers, when I bring in quantum mechanics, I'm talking about that space in between where we use this quantum mechanics, this mathematics, as a way to evolve, as a way to begin to think about our thinking. This is the epa thinking, right? This is where we get into that, that epa psychology or that epa thought, where we think about our thoughts. And as we think about our thoughts, we use those thoughts to contemplate, intend, and manifest. And that's where we get into somewhat of the content for today, this casting a net, because it does become this thing that is showing us at its most fundamental level, both mathematically and experimentally, what I'm talking about is quantum physics here, um, exactly what all of the mystics have been saying for millennia, what all of the great spiritual teachers have been saying through one way or the other, through either through their own ways of meditations or yogas or prayers or mantras or breathworks or fasting or whatever it is that they're doing to go deeper into the experience of wholeness, the experience of truth. You know, these mystics, then they come out of their journey and they teach, but what they're teaching, ironically, not surprisingly, is exactly what quantum physics is now telling us, is showing us mathematically, which is at the most fundamental level of everything, what we find is unity. What we find is oneness. And that's the beauty of it all, brothers. That's where we find the interconnectivity of not just each other at a uh, atomic level, at a physical level, where we can really bond and say, yes, when it comes to the atoms of the stuff, the Big Bang or whatever you want to call it, we are one. But even at an energetic level, at a mathematical level, at a level where we can't even begin to understand what it looks like because our own understanding is born and dies in separation. You know, we come into this human consciousness. We come into our understanding of consciousness through the human realm of separation. So our consciousness is born into an experience of separation. And then we leave this experience, this human experience, what we call death, <laughs> what we don't really understand fully, but we label as death in contrast to life. And we leave it in separation. So we don't really understand the totality of what it can mean to be in unity. But we talk about it in terms of particles and waves, and that's why the quantum physics and the quantum realm is something that is beginning to show us or beginning to, to mathematically describe for us in a mathematical terms, not necessarily in visual terms, in ways that we can see it, view it, but in math terms where we can start to understand it, oneness. Oneness. And again, Waves are just a way of talking about it, really the fullness of oneness, the trueness of oneness, because even a wave is a thing. 
And because it's a thing, it's in contrast to not wave, right? So when we look at a wave, we look at a wave, but we understand it as a thing. To really understand what quantum physics is telling us both mathematically and what the mystics have been telling us for millennia, spiritually and through parables and stories and mythologies, is this other idea of a gooey, sticky oneness that is not understandable or definable or explainable because there's nothing in our human experience that can ever truly get there, that can never really get to that depth of experience. So we don't really know. We don't really know what it is, but we use words like vibration. We use words like frequency. We use words that have to do with this function of wave, this function of eternal oneness, this function of not a thing, but a thing in a superposition, you know, because a wave is not here or there. It is a thing spread across in many different places. So it's a thing in a superposition. If we talk about a thing in a superposition that is eternal and infinite, then that is the oneness. But it's not a wave because a wave is in contrast to a not wave. So again, brothers, it's very difficult to talk about. But as we talk about it, as we begin to think about it, talk about it, that's this whole idea around Alan Watts's analogy of casting a net. Because if we're looking at, and it meant Alan Watts being one of the enlightened men of our time, you know, again, Jiddu Krishnamurti, there's been many, many enlightened men of our time. And I use that term enlightenment, you know, people say, oh, well, enlightenment requires this, requires that, you know, you have to glow or you have to levitate or you have to walk on water or you have to do miracles or so on. But enlightenment is really just the awakening of the third eye, right? It's the awakening of the Ajna, which is to see the world the way it is. And to see the world the way it is as oneness, as this flow of energy, this purity of oneness. And so he kind of came up with this as a way of seeing, as a way of teaching this. And to talk about it this way means that we're looking at a field where we're trying to get a hold of something that has no mass, that has no matter, that's a vibration. That's again, it's a frequency, a frequency of light, a frequency of sound, a sound wave, right? A light wave. When you think about these things, brothers, you think about these things, they have no mass, right? They're vibrating, they're moving. In fact, a wave isn't even the way it is. The wave is the way we measure it. And again, this is something for my YouTube channel because I want to show this to you. You guys need, I want to be able to draw this out for you as a visual because really what we're talking about is a vibration. And a vibration is a movement, is a shift of any thing, whatever you want to call this thing, this bit of information, this infinitesimal bit of thing that is in two places, juxtaposition, moving between two places at once, right? So you can kind of think of it as like a, a pendulum, right? This moving back and forth. It's oscillating back and forth, right? It's vibrating, going like back, like forward and backward, forward and backward. So when we look at this, and so we look at it as, at a, as a pendulum because of some kind of gravitational force pulling it through a third dimensional space time, then we have a two points of high potential energy, which are at the top of the pendulum at, at the right side, the left side, but no kinetic energy. And then we have where the vibration is at its fastest at the bottom of the pendulum, where it's, it's moving very fast, has high kinetic energy, energy and low kinetic potential energy. And the, all that exchange of energy, that transition between potential and kinetic energy, that's the vibration, right? That's what we call vibration, the movement between energy, the movement between kinetic energy and the potential energy and how it shifts back and forth. And very, very high vibration, therefore, is where the movement is essentially there is no movement. It's, it's pure potential energy. That's where everything is at oneness. It's at a state of oneness because there's no vibration, 
right? It's just pure potential. The moment vibration begins is where that movement back and forth between potential and kinetic begin. And of course, kinetic energy is the release of the energy. The release of the energy is the beginnings of the manifestation process that bring things down from thought into form. So that's the kinetic energy. The very, very high vibrational stuff is the thought itself. So the thought itself is the beginnings of the plucking. You kind of pluck it out of oneness. You pluck it out of pure potential, 100% potential energy with no vibration. And you begin to vibrate it by giving it a, a vibration so that it, the kinetic energy begins to take its form. So you have this vibration. You have this back and forth and the way we measure this back and forth because it's in a pendulum is in a wave that's the wave function that you see that's the measurement so we talk about it in terms of waves but it's not really wave it's a vibration it's a vibration that is an energy right that begins to create that begins to form itself into matter from pure potential and that's because matter is the kinetic energy matters the energy that actually has form a substance has stuff so because we're talking about vibrations, because we're talking about frequencies, and because we're talking about them moving at such a high speed, like thought energy cannot be seen. That's how fast it is. It cannot be seen. I mean, really, even like gas can barely be seen. And that's at least physical. That's like molecular. But when we get into like astral energy, emotional energy, and we get into like that deeper like thought energy, it's moving so fast it can't be seen. So what do you do with these frequencies? What do you do with these energies? What do you do with these vibrations? How do you begin to get a hold of them? Well, that's where Alan Watts is like, how do you begin to get a hold of something that's wiggling? How do you begin to get a hold of something that's vibrating? He talks about a fish. And we do so with by casting a net. And now we talk about the net analogy. Now, the net analogy is something that's very important, brothers, because we have three parts of the net analogy, right? We have the sea that the net is cast into. We have the net itself. And then we have the fish. And that's what's brought back into the boat from the net. Okay, now these three things need to be defined because it's important to understand these parts of the analogy where the C is the infinite potential. That's where there is no kinetic energy. There's no kinetic energy. It is the unified field of oneness. It is a field of pure potential energy. It's just pure potential energy. There's no vibration in this field because in order for vibration to begin, that means that there must begin that kinetic energy. Now, when I say there's no vibration in this field, what I really mean, and it's, this is why it's so difficult to explain and talk about, what I really mean is that there's all vibration in this field because it's pure potential. So there's all vibration, there's no vibration. The no vibration just means that at any given point, there is the potential for any vibration to occur. But because of that potential, in that point of that moment, which is infinite, right? Which is eternal and infinite, where the, you know, we have this sphere, if you want to call it, where the boundary is nowhere and the center is everywhere. What we have is, at any given point, the potential for everything. The potential for every level of kinetic energy to exist. Where if we talk about 100% potential energy, shifting down to 99% potential energy and 1% kinetic energy being thought, right? And then we get to 100% kinetic energy and 0% potential energy, that being like form. That's the desk here, right? That's the microphone I'm speaking into. And the reason why it's the microphone is because it's taken shape. It's taken form. It is now pure kinetic energy. It has no more potential. It has no more potential because I can no longer think it into anything else. I can, of course, 
destroy it. I can burn it. I can crush it. I can melt it. I can do something with these forms. We could change the energy. But as it is now in its kinetic form, it has no more potential because as it moves back into potential, it would have to move back into thought. Right? It'd have to move backwards into this realm of cause. And that's not what it's doing. So as we pull it out, but it always was there. It was always there in that realm of, of pure potential because in pure potential, the potential of 100% kinetic energy exists as well. So we have that in the sea and that's the sea. Now that's important for you guys to understand because to have that as the sea, everything is there. Okay. Everything is there. The world is flat is there. The world is round is there. Newtonian physics is there. Quantum physics is there. Communism is there. Capitalism is there. Okay, everything is there that exists there today now, and everything exists there that hasn't yet occurred, and everything exists now, now that may never occur. <laughs> I mean, it may, it may eventually in like five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand years, but you know, it may never occur in terms of the way we can imagine it. We there are things that potential that exist in the infinite realm of potential that we can't imagine because in our mind we're blocked by our ability to imagine it. Potential is blocked. That's what we call limiting beliefs. We can only begin to believe, and maybe even we can only begin to imagine these things that are being blocked by what we've experienced on some level. So everything is there, but we're only really going to experience what it is that we choose to bring into the collective. That's the C. Now the net, the net is what we cast into the C. And the net is going to be the understanding, right? It's going to be what we choose to determine about our reality. Because again, our reality, the C, is undetermined. It is pure potential. It can be and is literally anything. That's why we have men and women who have existed in the past and, and exist today who see the world through the eyes of an enlightened of an enlightened soul. Because the net that they cast, the net that they're casting into the sea is the net of enlightenment. And so what they're drawing back from the infinite potential, what they're drawing back from the infinite sea, that unified field of potential, that unified field of anything, that anything is possible, is unification. <laughs> it's enlightenment. It's, a, it's oneness. It's that everything is one, that we're all one, and that everything is me, and that I'm all unified, and that, and that you know, it's pure consciousness. You know, depending on what you, what I, it's our net that we're casting into the sea. So the net is the perception. The net is the perception. The net is the T-line of the model of alignment. It's the thoughts in the universal truth. Now, of course, then what makes then what is the fish? <laughs> the fish are the, is the result of the universal truth. The fish is what we draw back. The fish is what we get from our beliefs, what we get from our thoughts, the way we experience the world. That's the way we experience the sea, after all. We don't experience the sea in its infinite potential. We only experience the sea based on what we pull out of it in our nets. We only assume that what is in the sea is based on what we get from it in the nets. You understand that, brothers. That's why this analogy is so beautiful, because when we cast this net out, we, we pull back. We're like, OK, so this must be what is in the sea. This must be what is the reality based on what we get in the fish, what we get as the fish we pull back in our nets. Now, here's the wild part about this. Because of duality, because of the way, because of the human experience, we are always going to get good fish and bad fish. We're always going to get desirable fish and undesirable fish, right? 
We're always going to get the fish that feel good, that are on the good side of experience. And we're always going to get the fish that are on the bad side of experience. Now, here's the thing that we do. This is what's wild. And this is why this is the analogy. Because we think, this is where, this is where we get into the analogy. And this is why as a mystic, I really want you guys to understand this analogy. Begin to play with this on your own. Because here's the dilemma, or not the dilemma, but the disease even, the pathology of the human condition, which is, again, why I love Alan Watts for bringing this, this analogy in and why I'm explaining it to you now. The dilemma or the disease is that humanity thinks this has to do with the sea, right? That this is just the way the sea is, that there's nothing that can be done, that look, I am casting this net in and no matter what I do, no matter where I cast this net, no matter how I cast this net, no matter when I cast this net, I'm going to get these kinds of fish. It doesn't have to do with the net. It doesn't have to do with the sea, right? Or it doesn't have to do with the net, right? It doesn't have to do with anything that has to do with, with what's going on with, that's within me, right? That's what's happening within my control of the, of the netting itself. It's the sea. It's outside, right? And again, what are we talking about? We're talking about the circumstance, right? We're talking about the sea. So it's, it's outside, right? It's this thing that's out there. My results have to do with the circumstance. So what do people start to do? People start to just manage their catch. They start to manage their fish. <laughs> so the netting then just keeps being cast out over and over and over. You keep getting the same fish over and over and over, and then trying to manage those fish in the same way over and over, hoping again to maybe get a different cast, hoping again to say, oh, well, okay, maybe we'll get some different fish if I you know, manage these fish correctly, right? Well, Again, that's the insanity. What do people say insanity is? Is doing the same thing over and over, hoping for a different result. That's the insanity. But again, the insanity comes from the misunderstanding of what is happening. And what is happening is you're casting the same net. You're casting the same net because you think that the sea is just going to always give you the same fish. You don't realize that the sea, that the circumstance, that the life is not based on these rules these laws, these constructs, it's not based on these things. I'm telling you this. I know that may be blowing your mind. That's why I had to repeat that. It's not based on these things, the way you've been conditioned. I know you've been conditioned to believe that it is based on these things. That's the Newtonian way, right? We're looking at the quantum way. We're looking at this new idea of we're, we're casting a new net, brothers. Because the net that we're currently casting is this net that, yeah, the sea is the sea is the sea is. And I know that I've been telling you that the sea is the sea is the sea is, but what I'm telling you is not that the sea is according to your beliefs. I'm saying that the sea is an infinite potential and you are limiting it based on your beliefs. And those beliefs are the net. So what we learn to do is cast a different net, which is a different belief. See, if we continue, and here's the way this works, right? I know we're getting close to the end of the time here, but I want to quickly tell you, brothers, because it, it works collectively and individually. Collectively, there's not much you can do, okay? Like, I love you, and you're a powerful human. You're a powerful divine God. You're in the beginning of your work. <laughs> you're in the beginning of your awakening, okay? So collectively, there's not much that you can do as an individual. Yes, you can awaken yourself, and you can change your life, but collectively, look, like, yes, we've made these movements, right? We've made these movements, We've made these movements from the earth is flat to the earth is round. We've made these movements from what else is a big collective move? Oh, like I, even what I'm talking about now, Newtonian physics to quantum physics, right? Like the analog to digital, like all of these moves, like 
collectively, we as human beings, it takes a lot longer, right? Because we have to get on board with it. But once we put our understanding into the universe and we get back, once we cast a different net, once the people, the people that are doing these, once these, again, these people that are deeply inner self-managed, right? That aren't spending hours and hours of time buffering, that aren't out there spending hours and hours of time ruminating and worrying, that aren't out there, you know, and again, I'm not judging you if that's your life, but recognize that that's the self-management, that if that's what you're doing, then then, then come into the academy. Look, stop wasting time. <laughs> Brother, look, if that's what you're doing, if you're living in buffering, if you're living in ruminating, if you're living in shame, guilt, if you're living in resentment, if you're living in uh, uh, victimization, if you're living in self-deprecation, get into the academy. If you're living in uh, turmoil around relationships, if you're living in turmoil around money, if you're worrying, if you're doubtful, come into the academy. Like, just don't waste the time anymore because it's just a matter of self-management and we can get you on the right track. Like a little bit of guidance will get you on the right track and you'll be in that self-managed space where you can start to, you know, again, put your focus and intention on your future and creating and anyway, living life of your dreams and so on and things I've talked about for the last five years. But with this analogy, recognize that collectively, we as humans are evolving. We are on an evolutionary track. We're all on that path of moving collectively by putting our understanding into the universe. We, you know, the people that are at this high level of self-management, they are working on these things. They are what we would call discovering, right? Quote, unquote, they're discovering new things. Well, they're not discovering, they're intending, they're understanding. They're looking at what they have and they're asking hard questions. And those questions are, those are the nets. You know, that's the net that I'm talking about that's being cast into the sea and what they're getting back, the fish they're getting back are like, whoa, they're looking at these fish and like, holy smokes, we've never seen fish like this before. How can we be getting fish like this back before? Or how can we be getting fish like this back like this now when we've never gotten fish like this back before? And recognizing that, oh my gosh, it has to do with this net, has to do with these questions that we're asking because of this understanding that we're having, because of these results that we're getting. And it's a cycle of of casting the net and getting a result and casting the net and getting a result. So, So there are people out there, but it takes a lot of time to trickle down because as it trickles down, it has to be peer reviewed and then it has to be publicated and people have to talk about it. And of course, the media is talking about all kinds of other things. I don't know what the media is talking about because I don't watch the media, but I can only assume it has to do with fear and hate and division and war because that's what gets ratings, right? So of course, the media is not talking about potential, human potential. They're talking about, you know, human suffering because that's what draws us in, right? That's what triggers us. It triggers our, you know, reptilian brain, you know, all of the stuff, the medulla and and so on and so forth. But the point is, brothers, what we're looking at is collectively we are evolving. We're moving that individually. How does this affect you in your life? The way it does is, number one, understand what the C is. And I mean S-E-A, right? In this analogy, understand what the C is. Understand the C is infinite potential. Now, in the model of alignment, it's the C, right? It's a circumstance, a C line. But understand that it's the life, the world experience, the human experience, I'm not talking about the earth, (laughs) the physical, or the universe, the physical, as we understand it in third dimensional time and space. I'm talking about everything, right? Everything. When you close your eyes, if you were a human being, if you were a human being that was born without sight, you know, you're blind, you were without sound, you were deaf, you couldn't hear anything, right? You were born without olfactory senses. You couldn't smell. You had no sense of smell. You were born without taste buds. You had no sense of taste. You know, the senses on your body, the nerve endings on the on your body were diminished or, or deadened. Imagine what your life was like. How would you experience the world? If you were in a body, your consciousness, 
You were born, your consciousness as a soul was born into a body that had no ability to see, hear, taste, touch, or smell. How would you experience life? That alone might wig you out as a meditation, right? That alone might wig you out as a meditation, but recognize you're still conscious. You're still thinking. You're thinking. You're aware, but what are you aware of? You're not aware of your five senses. Are you aware of your emotions? What are your emotions? What is the inner chemical? What is happiness if it's not attached to something that we have externally? What does it mean to be happy? What does it mean to be sad? What does it mean to be excited? What does it mean to feel joy? What does it mean to feel guilt or fear if it's not attached to some memory or story that we've had through our five senses? It's not attached to some event that we either saw, heard, tasted, touched, or smelt. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, think about that. Your mind, your soul, your ability to create your own, your own experience is 100% intact. It's the net. It's the thought. It's the net that you cast into the sea. And whatever fish you're getting in your life, brothers, recognizing it's not because of the sea. Don't blame the sea. You know, you're casting this net into the sea and you're like, oh, dang sea. I'm getting back all these dang fish. I don't want these fish. I want some different fish. And you cast the same net into the sea. Or maybe you change positions in the sea. Maybe you go somewhere else down the sea. You're like, oh, I'm just going to go. I'm going to move. I'm going to move from Atlanta to, to Seattle. Or I'm going to move from being an engineer to being a tennis coach. Or I'm going to move. I'm going to move from being Barbara's husband to being um, Jessica's boyfriend. Right? Or I'm going to move. Right? I'm going to move from having 100 pounds of stored energy on my body, 100 pounds of fat, to having a six-pack. Right? I'm going to move. These are all different parts of the sea. But as I move to different parts of the sea, I'm casting the same net and getting the same fish. <laughs> right? Right? Because it doesn't matter where you are in the sea. It doesn't matter where you are in the sea. It doesn't matter what time you're casting your net. It doesn't matter what time of day. Now, of course, fishermen will say, well, of course, it matters what time of day because of where the fish are. And it does matter. Of course, it matters where in the sea you're going to cast your net because it does matter where the fish hang out. But I'm talking about, look, if you cast a certain type of net, then that net is going to catch a certain type of fish. Whether or not the fish are there or not, it's only going to catch those type of fish because all the other type of fish are either going to be too big or too small. Right? They're going to be too big and they're going to miss the net completely. They're going to swim right around it. Or they're going to be too small. They're going to sw swim through the cracks. Right? They're going to swim through the, the netting. So look, like you're only ever going to get those fish no matter when or where you cast the net. You have one option, brother. One option. That is to change the net that you cast. Change your net. And then, and here's the beauty, and this is the gospel. This is the good news. That's what gospel means, good news. This is, what, this is exactly what was taught by, by the Christ, by the way. It's exactly what the gospel is. The gospel is, is that it's within you. It's within you. You don't need to go to another place in the sea. You don't need to change the time of day that you cast your net into the sea. All you need to do is change your net. <laughs> you just change your net. That's it. You can stay in the same place in the sea. You can cast that net at 6 a.m., at 6 p.m., at 12 a.m., 12 p.m. It doesn't matter. You can cast it in February, March, April, May. All right? You can cast it in the northern hemisphere, in the southern hemisphere. You can cast it in a river, lake, stream, or pond. You can cast it in the ocean. 
You can cast it in a puddle. It does not matter. What matters is the nets, and that's within you. That is within you. It's only within you. It's always within you. And it will only ever come from within you. And that's why when I say enroll in the academy, I'm not saying enroll in the academy because I'm going to teach you something. I'm not saying enroll in the academy because there's something that you will find you don't have. I'm saying enroll in the academy because it's a guidance within. It's to say, remember you, remember yourself. There's no one else who can tell you anything other than what you already know. And that person is you. And when I say no one else, <laughs> what I mean is other than you, other than you, other than you, other than you, it's you, it's you, it's you. You are the fisherman. You are the fisherman. You are casting the net. And of course, there's another analogy, right? There's another big mystical story. You are the fisherman. But I'll leave you with that one. <laughs> I'll leave you with that one. Brothers, look, enroll in the academy. Don't wait any longer. Enroll in the academy. You know what? Show up to the retreat. Come to Columbia. I'd love to meet you in person. Come to Columbia. Spend a week with me. Spend a week with me. Spend a week with my brothers. Spend a week with your brothers. We're going to have an amazing time. You will have a transformational journey. Or enroll in the academy as well. Like do the thing, but begin it. Begin it now. Begin it now because your net is, is there. It's within you. And you just keep casting. You just keep looking. Keep trying different nets because the net that works for you, <laughs> it may take you a couple different eff a couple different casts. You know, cast a net, see what comes back. Look at these fish. <laughs> you like these fish? These are good fish. Or maybe not. Maybe you say, you know what? But again, you're always going to get the duality of fish. You're going to take the good with the bad, but you want to look at the bad and say, yeah, I can deal with these bad. These bad are okay. And I can learn from these bads because I can adjust my net this way and I can cast it again. And then you get your goods, right? Maybe you get better than your previous goods, but then you get some more bads too. But maybe those bads are better than your previous bads. You say, okay, now I've got these bads, but I can adjust my net this way a little bit more. You cast it again and your goods go up and your bads go up. But remember, there's no such thing as goods or bads. <laughs> I'm just using that as a way to talk to you. I'm just using that as a way for you to understand this. If you understand this is all about casting your net, not managing, not managing your results. It's about managing your mind. It's about managing your net, not managing the fish. And certainly not blaming the sea because <laughs> the sea is plentiful. The sea has so many freaking fish. The sea has an infinite number of fish, an infinite potential of what's possible in the expression of fish. That's what the sea is. The sea is love. And that's what I have for you today, brothers. Until next week, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.